0: the podcast that tells you about all of the coolest most amazing new comics on the scene especially right now comics are more important than ever and today we have a super 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 cool guest uh, but first of all let me introduce myself i'm maddie your host and i have the lovely and beautiful oh is that me okay hi i'm andrea uh
1: fun fact i love um adam driver go <laughs>
0: I feel like you have to shoehorn that into every podcast episode, yes. And I kind of appreciate it. She's really on brand. She's still a <laughs> driver, in case anyone was wondering. And she's lovely and beautiful. Also Aww. lovely and beautiful. And my new favorite human and comic creator, Melissa White. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey,
2: hey thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love you both.
0: Oh, we, we chatted for like five minutes before this began, and I'm already completely obsessed. Um, so in the next half an hour, you guys are all going to be completely obsessed as well. Um, to begin, before we get into your super cool comic that's currently on Kickstarter, don't miss it. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in comics?
2: <laughs> oh okay, that's a huge question. Um, how does anyone get started in comics? Crying. Um crying. <laughs> that, every- that
0: way and run that way.
2: Um no, it's actually no, that's just a running theme of of comics is just constantly crying. But you know, um, I actually got started working at cons, um, just like helping my friends out at booths and I met a couple of creators, um, both on the indie side and, you know, larger creators, because you're at a con, you get to see everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were so nice. And they just said, you know, just do it have fun and I got some of the best advice there from so many people um that was just kind of like make your own comics do your own thing and that way you own it and I really took that to heart, and so teamed up with all these great people who really supported me and I've been doing comics journalism making my own comics ever since then and it's been about four years now
0: wow that's so cool
2: I'm very lucky very, very awesome.
0: lucky. Well, you're very lucky and you're also very talented.
2: Uh, <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Um, what what inspired Nightmare?
2: Actually an actual nightmare.
0: <laughs> oh, of- I.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had this terrible dream um that kind of like inceptioned me in real life. I don't know if you guys have ever had that where you have like a moment of deja vu or yeah, you have okay. like, a dream and you're like, that was real, or that was a like there, it was telling me something that was real. No, it's a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, it was me processing whatever crazy banana stuff that's happening in my head. Um, but it was so haunting that I had to write it down. And so as I started to write it, the story started to develop and the story of Luz and Kara, these you know two partners who are dealing with this question of what if your nightmares were alternate realities that you could travel to? And what
0: oh. if
2: the world that you saw in your dreams
1: was real?
0: real I it's would hate so that All cool. my dreams are terrifying. <laughs> oh my god no that's, that's so cool, cool. <laughs> I have two nice dreams in my whole life and the rest are always like whatever my subconscious is worried about mm. like from little things like I'm getting married next year and so like little things like showing up to my wedding and not having a dress or like mm. I forgot to have my nails done to like literally last night my my brain was preparing me for this conversation I had this like awful dream where I was pregnant and I was I don't have any kids right now Um, and I know why because my fiance and I were like talking about kids and things and so my brain gave me this like I was pregnant and I was like in labor but there were these demons trying to come kill me and so my like friends and family were like moving me around and trying to keep me safe from the demons so I could like have this baby and I was like in a closet from one point and like I talked to one of the demons at one point trying to convince them to like leave me and my baby alone it was like very intense.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: I, this also is, sounds like a really good premise for a comic book. I'm just saying, I would buy it. I would back it on Kickstarter. I mean, you know, who knows? I can follow in your footsteps. But yeah, it was very stressful. And the worst part was I never even had, like, I think I'd finally gotten to, like, a safe place at the end. Mm-hmm like the baby hadn't actually like come out. And so it was very unsatisfying when I woke up and I was like, what, what happened? <laughs> like, Where's so the
2: baby? I've had, yeah, really. like I've had dreams like that. And it actually happened around the, like the same time where it's just like this anxiety of like anxiety of having kids. There's like, my mom puts a lot of pressure on me to be like, Oh, it's time for you to have children now. And I'm like, okay, chill. She has grandkids. I don't know why she wants more. That's greedy. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I will probably be that grandmother, so I apologize. That. <laughs> I, will. I, will <laughs> I will actually. That makes me feel a lot better. But, you know, it's that sort of anxiety, like, everything's happening right now, and I'm an adult yeah. now, and suddenly I can't play with pop figurines or, like, alien toys, and I can't do everything that I want to do. But really, What I really want to do is, like, watch horror movies and eat chips, so. I feel like you do that with a baby
0: if you chose to, but, like, you know. Yeah. You know, everyone wearing as a thing. Well, and especially I think right now, like in the midst of this pandemic, like nightmares are more real, I think, in a lot of ways. Like I think they are very inspired by anxiety and fear. And you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going through that right now. So like, what is it like for you as a creator during this time? Oh my God,
2: that's the million dollar question. One is never the same every day. I mean, everybody right now is going through so much internal, emotional, sociological, Mm -hmm. like personal upheaval um, Mm on so many different levels. And, you know, we're all kind of navigating these big changes, these big expansive ways that we've been and maybe not not are working anymore for us. And we're trying to change that and figuring out what's the next stage. But it brings a lot of anxiety. Like, can I do this? This Mm -hmm. thing I want to do or this person that I want to become, um, the people that I want to separate myself from, the people that I want to move toward, like it brings up so much doubt and anxiety. And I've been dealing with that, but you deal with that, I think, as as a writer and putting yourself out there or as a creator in general, like a writer notwithstanding of that imposter syndrome, right? Like, am is is what I'm yeah. doing good enough? Is my voice good enough? Am mm-hmm. I, do I deserve to take up space in this way? And, you know, being that indie comics primarily and very largely is like, you know, white men. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but I am not a white man. Um <laughs>
0: I can verify for this. I can see her. So.
2: <laughs> Thank you for verifying this. I'm not a white man, so it's like, how can I? How can I like carve out a little niche for myself in this larger world? Um, 2020 is all about working through that anxiety and hearing that little voice and honoring the fear. Mm-hmm. That because all it is is fear right? And then just saying like, Hey, I hear you. I know you're scared about doing something different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. Like it could also lead to great things if you let it, if you want it to, and if you try. So I've been just kind of like sitting with myself, meditating a little bit more, um, eating a lot more and just kind of like, you know, trying to get out there and trying to put myself out there in a way that feels authentic to me, because I think at the end of the day, 2020 is really just telling us that we need more voices, and that, you know, that we need to take up space in these, these spaces, and i be afraid of that, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, no, I was, because um, I got your comic today, and so I was reading it during my lunch, and it was so wonderful to see, like you said, like, you do carve out, like, specific voices, like, you know, like, one, you know, the protagonist is Latinx, and she's also part of the, you know, LGBT community, you know, and it's just so wonderful to see, those type of voices, especially right now in 2020, you know, especially Mm -hmm. right now where we kind of maybe everyone who's somewhat marginalized feels like this is our time. Like if it's not now, it may not be never, it may not ever be a great time. You know what I mean? And so I was wondering, you know, I was really interested, like what was the, the inspiration, I guess like for making her nightmare that like, that specific scenario like were you watching like something like you know real crime and then something (laughs) like that happened it was just so interesting you know I mean me personally speaking as someone that's like Latina you know it's just like your parents are you know your your I guess foundation and then like to Mm -hmm. lose them like what inspired that story or that nightmare I guess Well,
2: thank you. Um, That's an excellent question. I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood, El Sereno in Los Angeles, the neighborhood that's like, you know, a very diverse group of Latino, Latinx people. And Mm -hmm. so I have a really good friend that I've known since high school, which is crazy that we've known each other for so long and a little scary. Um, But he's Guatemalan and he Brought me a worry. Doll. My
0: people.
2: <laughs> so, Luz is actually inspired by his, his story, his family, and everything, and all of the sort of influence and education awareness that I got just by in, being introduced to him, by knowing him, by being friends with him, and sharing space. And his family was really open with me and taught me a lot. And so, he gave me this worry doll. And he's like, oh, because I had bad dreams, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. You could tell from the comic.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> he gave me a worry doll and he told me to put it under my pillow and it would like defend me or protect me from my bad dreams, like a dream catcher only. Yeah. And so like ever since then, I, when I was doing this, I was like, okay, this is great. And, you know, just also working through the stuff when you get older, kind of un- reflecting on your parents and what you like and what you didn't like and who who you are now apart from them um, and also who you are because of them. And so it really brought me a lot of joy to kind of bring Luz and Kara together and show their different fa- family dynamics and how they've made them, but also how they've extended beyond them and become their own person now um, mm-hmm. through their relationship and in this situation. So thank you so much for that question.
1: Yeah, another quick question that I you know or I guess it's a comment and a question was one of Mm -hmm. the things I noticed in the comic was that uh, Luz did have uh, like a traumatic experience outside Mm -hmm. of her nightmares Mm -hmm. and in her work you know they do use her trauma Mm -hmm. um, in a way that she didn't ask for did you do that intentionally kind of with what's going on right now in the world I feel like it's, it's trauma porn It's like on the news and things like, was that a direct correlation or was that just something that you personally felt like needed to be addressed? Yeah, I,
2: on, there's a, a couple of different things going there, particularly I want to speak to, you know, being part of so many different, you know, and also unique marginalized communities, mm-hmm. you know, black, a woman, you <laughs> know, like a queer woman on top of that, just like, Ooh, um, you kind of, on one hand, we're told that we can use our trauma to, as a sort of strength, right? And we can transcend our sort of the varying traumas that we have and use them to grow, use them to be better, faster, stronger. Um, mm-hmm. and in doing so, we kind of like reach this point, like that strong black woman narrative, right? Where you endure so much trauma that now you're like, you've won the trauma Olympics and you can be stronger. You're basically yeah. a superhero. That yeah. kind of narrative that we put on, on on people on marginalized people on women on any person from a marginalized community Uh to just you have to endure so much in order to be like this great person losing one way uses that and it still grows up in that kind of awareness where she's like okay the show is kind of Fueled by this, but it takes her into places that are really uncomfortable. And as she starts to really get back into the sort of lived experiences of her traumas, her nightmares start coming forward. She's also kind of realizing that, you know, she doesn't want to be a part of that anymore. She doesn't want to be. Yeah thought that she had control over the narrative when sometimes the narrative is outside of her control and people are using that to fuel ratings and sales and this and that and the other. So it's kind of like the both sides of it, where on the one hand, when you're in control of the narrative and your control of the message around your trauma, you can use it to, for profit, for power, for anything that you want to really use it for, that's good for you, no judgments, but also when it gets out of your control or when people are using your narrative to, for their own gain, you know, that's where mm-hmm. you start to kind of regress into some of the trauma and take away some of that power. So there's, there's trickiness involved with using your trauma as a sort of platform, as a sort of sense of strength, because unless you really, really moved forward and done the work and are continuing to do the work, it can really come back and bite you in the ass or in Lose's case, uh, <laughs> bring back yeah. some nightmares.
0: Yeah. In a serious way. Definitely. Well, yeah, and this idea that you're more than your trauma and you are not your trauma um, because, yeah, I mean, it's a source of strength, but it's also your story. And I think a lot of people like Lutz can, can be, you know, kind of forced into sharing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's really awful. <laughs> I think I, yeah. I love how this deals with it and, and kind of talks about what that experience is like and, and how it affects her, not only with her work environment, but, you know, personally and with her um nightmares and fragility and, and all of these things. It's up to her to share what she wants to share. And, and in this, it's, it's not, um, which I think happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you? Um, first of all, let me read. <laughs> I was telling uh, Melissa that I'm completely, uh, I was completely obsessed with her from the minute I found her on Twitter. Um, but her, um, first of all, her Twitter, go follow her. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel, is it Melisfit?
2: Melissa Fent, yeah. I was oh, yeah. feeling extra punny.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh so M-A-L-I-S-S-I-F-E-N-T. Go follow her. No excuse. I've been retweeting a bunch of stuff from her from GGG. So you can find us through our Twitter. Um, but her description is um queer AF and black AF, she her. And I'm just like, Yes. <laughs> 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 um, and so you know. Like that's your identity, and how does it feel bringing that to life for these characters and putting something in the indie space that, like, as you say, it's a lot of white dudes, um, and the big two are a lot of white dudes, even more so. Yeah. So that's something that is so special to me, especially about the indie space. Like as a white woman, like to, I'm sick of hearing my own voice. Like I'm good. we we've, we've got it. I had every Disney movie growing up. Like, we're fine. Um, like, it's really cool to have people in the LGBTQ plus space and to have people of color, you know, really writing these personal, incredible stories. And it feels so special to get to share those. And so what was it like for you as a creator and as a member of that community to bring these amazing characters to life through your story? Um, it was hard, actually. I'm not gonna lie.
2: I'm not gonna fucking... Okay, so excuse me, I'm cursing a lot. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We do that all the time. <laughs> That's me. Um, so it was really difficult, though, because making comics is very, very difficult. You have to. Yeah. There's no kind of one way to do it, and everybody's path, everybody's scripting style, everybody's artistry style, everything, nothing is the same, and nothing works. Uh, universally the the one universal truth is that you need community i was very very lucky to have a lot of people surrounding me and supporting me and encouraging my growth from all communities that just wanted to see my voice and willing to you know shout and talk about how cool i am and how much we need this and because of that it gave me a lot of courage to write um and share this story but when it came when it starts you know because making comics takes forever it's a really long process so you can be working on a book for a year um, before it comes out and people know about it. So because of that, it ha- I had this really great opportunity to kind of kind of distance myself from, from the first issue and kind of say, okay, like the story that I'm telling mm-hmm. is about these things that I have experienced and things I haven't experienced, but also at its core, it's about what you know, we from these communities. We as women, we as as marginalized folks. You know, us like existing together, trying to find some love and getting the rug swept from under us as we start to deal with things that we thought we were over. We thought we move forward, and they start coming back. That's a story for everyone, I think. And I think
1: awesome. that um, people that will dig it will dig it. You know, <laughs> there's yeah. That's really cool. You know, you have a great team with you. Like you can see it in the in the comic. There's just a lot of love. Do you also use some of... Have you, like, talked to them about any of their experiences and have any plans of using maybe their nightmares or their stories in the comic as well? Like... I'm really
2: lucky. Ben Worrell, the artist, um, CJ Jeffrey, the letterer, um, Raciel Avila Silva, who does our colors. They Ooh. are just so great and so open. And I really enjoy working with them because they bring some of themselves into every panel, every interaction, every lettering style. And I'm kind of like loosey-goosey. I'm like, you guys are great. I just love you. I want you to do your best, You shine. I'm like somebody's <laughs> mom, like I'm soccer mom. Yeah bringing fruit snacks to everyone. Um, so I feel, I feel like I'm just encouraging them to express themselves within it. And I'm very lucky because Ben and CJ in particular really kind of came up with so many great ideas, you know, new variant covers and new pen styles. And they were like, oh yeah, like let's do it like this. And oh, what if the bone saw looks like this, but then it changes to like this. And what about in the dream if they'd like touch each other and this. Um, so they're bringing in all of their things. And as we start talking about it and- you know, something like this, because it's so personal and talking about something that we don't like to talk about for some reason, uh-huh. trained us not to, um, they've been able to share some of their stories with me. And I'm so, so honored and and lucky that I get to be a person that can offer them the support and healing that I receive from them all the time.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. How did you meet them? Like, how were you able to get in touch? Was it mostly at cons?
2: No, I've never met them before. Um, been in CJ or in Colorado. Raciel is in Spain. That's a little bit oh. trickier with them I met them actually through I think there's a Facebook group where it's like connecting comic book writers and artists and I just started and I was too scared to talk to anybody I knew because I was like you guys are too good for me um, and then I talked to Ben and Ben was like sure this sounds great and then he like loved the script and I was like what and then he was like let's do it and I was like what
0: <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that's
2: amazing <laughs> it's, so anybody who's looking to write but kind of scared to like approach artists there's plenty of groups on Facebook if you're interested in your kind of like I lo- I like my own anonymity I can be in the shadows here definitely check out Facebook and check out that group
0: yeah it's so cool too because so many newer creators are also just like meeting people online now which That's is incredible right. like you talk about you know taking up space which like first of all yours is the voice that should be in the space right now for sure. Um, but beyond that, yeah, I mean, it's hard to compete, right? Like, there's just so many cool, like, even web comics and, oh, yeah. you know, Kickstarters and indie comics, and it, it's everywhere. And so I think it is kind of tough to cut through the noise. But also, we're at this time where through the internet, you can talk to amazing artists and writers and professionals and letters and anchors and, like, these very specific things. You can find them online and you can work together and create something amazing, which yeah. is really cool and, like, something that. People even 10 years ago couldn't, couldn't do. have done yeah oh exactly social media i mean
2: i i know we're all kind of scared of social media <laughs> because we're not like an influencer or anything like that well i am i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> you're,
0: you're very popular
2: on the web so. right i do right? but it's like it's that sort of idea that social oh like i need to have like a million followers or anything like that When really most of the people that are online they want to talk they want to get to know they want to like interact in comments and they want to like you know go on instagram and support you most people most people want (laughs) to support you and want you to be happy want you to be healthy want you to be the best coolest awesomest person because that's what they see in you and that's what they also want for themselves so it's like i yes i understand like oh we need to do this but i'm also 2020 is about breaking that nonsense all those illusions and it's about being like okay no i'm just going to show up authentically as myself And I'm going to surround myself with people who appreciate that, who see that, and who I see that into. You're
0: like inspiring. Can I I know it's like motivational speaker? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) For inviting us to your TED talk. but honestly, I feel like that's so true. And that's the amazing thing about indie comics in particular. And then like what we do at the Grand Gate Gathering, like it's about, as you said earlier, community. Right? Like, you know, there are people that just want to go on and scream at people on the internet and there are people that only care about politics and, like, that's fine. But I think so many people are there to just connect with other people about things that they love and, like, have a moment with other humans. Like, there's people, which Twitter and I have a love-hate relationship. Sometimes I'll, like, go on it for a few months and be really involved and then, like, don't, I won't go on it for, like, six months and then I come back and people are, like, where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I've met people on there who, like, I don't know. We randomly followed each other because they seemed cool and like we'll like send each other motivational messages like or somebody will say like I'm having a rough day and I'm like you got it you're amazing you're gorgeous like and that kind of energy is so wholesome and so good and like obviously we should do, be doing that with people that we do know in our lives too but like I think there's something really special about that connection from like I don't know where these people are or what they look like sometimes or you know any of that and it doesn't matter because it's just people connecting and that's awesome sure. You all could right. literally be talking to Adam Driver, sending him motivational memes. <laughs> I highly doubt that the person I'm talking to is Adam Driver, but like if I find out they are, I will send them to you. Anyway. Thank
2: you. <laughs> if they are Adam Driver, which they might be, okay. Let's not let's not front on a fence though. We've all had one at one point in or time or another. Okay. I
1: know. I I- love
0: that Mark Strong's personal trainer follows me on Twitter. Oh. Random. He-
1: don't I mean, know why
2: <laughs> Maybe so the, like the content hello <laughs> Maybe well, I,
0: like, I don't work out at yeah. all so there's no fitness element like I don't know how he found me probably because I was talking about how Mark Strong should be Lex Luthor because I'm weirdly obsessed with Lex Luthor it's fine but, like so that's weird. upset that's not weird <laughs> <laughs> Lex is baddie okay he's <laughs> a he's a daddy baddie for Matt. Yeah. <laughs> my um this is way <laughs> random personal comment but uh my friend texted me a photo from like some random person on twitter god bless them of like black lex luther and i showed it to my fiance and was like brandon it's, it just takes a suit all you need is a suit like halloween <laughs> oh, is coming
2: just do it this is your life on your wedding <laughs> just
0: I, like, a suit. on your wedding he's lex luther done well, I mean, he shaves his head too so like basically like I'll i'm getting married that. To black really. Luthor, except that he's like very kind and a paramedic and like he's Completely Spider-Man, but I can pretend. <laughs> oh. You can pretend too It's fine. <laughs> you just are like, not actually the movie. Movie. You take
2: over the world. It's
0: just, you just be <laughs> silent, put on the suit, perfect.
1: You just so need enough.
0: to take over your world. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 yes. This is what we get for like having no men on the show, and I love it. I know this is exactly <laughs> the kind of energy. I love this okay, energy. Like, drag us <laughs> <down>. <laughs> You know, what we're talking
2: about that, okay, I'm just gonna just send up some kind of like love juju in the air
1: so
2: that Rosario Dawson like takes over my world. That's okay. my celebrity super crush. And yeah, oh, I feel that. She's perfection. perfection. She really she is. As a nightmare. Like so good. What? I I could see it for you actually. Thank you, thank, thank you. I think we make like a really cute couple, and our babies would be super sweet. But I mean, I'm just saying
0: yeah i mean oh, i'm here for it and also like could we get her in nightmare the movie or like tv show in the future no. okay i'm just gonna say, let the universe know that i didn't say <laughs> maddie put it it out there you. for you i'm <laughs> feeling it this is what happens on the indie comics podcast reality come <laughs> I,
2: I really really do
0: well, and, and, you know, about connecting and, and bringing that community together, you know, like, are there particular people that, you know, some people write for themselves, some people write for an audience, some people do a little bit of both. Do you have an audience that you write for? You know, is it specifically to Rosario Dawson or like?
2: So. I'm, always, I'm always writing to her. I'm always sending her my peace, love, energy, the chi, yeah. lives the best
0: and happiest life. I feel like she probably like wakes up some mornings and is like, I just feel really good today. And she just probably has no idea yet. That it's that I've
2: been sending her the good juju. Um, I write. I write for. I don't think of an audience. I I think mostly that I'm writing for people who feel the way I do or connect with it. So I'm just like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm imagining. If you're into like witches taking over the world and killing a bunch of men, then uh, this is clearly something that I'm <laughs> writing to you. Hello. Welcome to the family. That's the kind of thing that I bring to it. Um, a lot of my stuff is very queer and is very like diverse and features prominently like folks of, you know, different gender presentations. Um, and that's just kind of like the world that I live in. So I'm just like, welcome to this weird place. <laughs> and I hope you I hope you enjoy your stay. So that's uh that's what I think about it. Yeah.
1: That's so cool. I think I like I said earlier, like, I just really appreciate one that like your main protagonists are women of color, like, the fact that like, one, I saw I was like, that's, you know, like, I'm like, cisgendered, and I'm straight. But like, seeing Lewis I was like, Oh, my God, that that felt very personal, in a way, you know, and it, I've had these conversations with my husband a few times, because, you know, a lot of people who are in the LGBTQ plus community sometimes do feel like it does certain, it does have a lot of discrimination within itself. And it does have a lot of people who do think it's tends to be more favorable for cisgendered white people, even within that community. But the fact that you brought these voices, you know, and these characters and they're not just some cliche trope, You know, they're real, they're human, they're people who have trauma, who have, you know, the same relationship issues, and like, I feel like, even if you're not part of one community, or you don't present a certain way, this story Mm -hmm. still gets you, and it still, you know, makes you feel a certain way, you know? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much that's so
2: kind of you to say um I I was really just my world is so like look at this podcast right now um, like, <laughs> we're doing it we're doing what diversity looks like in real life um and that's what our real lives look like i mean you know there granted there are plenty of people who don't have safe communities who feel like they can't truly be authentically themselves in their community mm-hmm and i hope that the winds of 2020 blow that idea of normalcy right out of the picture and that they can be who they are um in safety and peace and not in the way that it was when i was a kid but that's yeah. It's like, that's what social media does. That's what community does. It allows us to get outside of those unsafe places, at least in some regard where we can be safe, we can be ourselves. And you'll find if you're, if, if you're not even looking for it, if you're not even looking for a diverse place, it's everywhere because you have yeah. no idea where anybody's from, what they've gone through, what they've experienced. And so th- thank you so much for pointing out that, that, you know, that there's a lot of diversity and that the themes feel relatable because that's what I was really going for.
1: No, it's definitely relatable. We all have our nightmares. We all have our, you know, our creepy little shadows in the dark. And you're like, oh my God, is that Satan? You know, like, (laughs) like we all have these like moments of fear. It's this universal consciousness that I think, you know, a lot of people don't really relate to, but it's like, no, we're all human. We're all, you know, whatever you want to say, children of God, like we are all the same and we have to embrace it, you know? Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
2: Um, I definitely believe that. And I I definitely support that and encourage that in our communities. It's like we're all dealing with a lot of the same things, you know, the things that there are more things that unite us than divide us, you know, and the people who try to say that we're divided are just woefully misinformed and acting from their own wounding and their own traumas Mm -hmm. that they have to work through on their own. It's not our jobs to necessarily heal them. They need to start by healing themselves. So amen damn
0: that was hardcore <laughs> this, is, this is like soul cleansing right here <laughs> Dude,
2: but, it's, but true, is like, though. it's true though you know you can never change anybody's mind all they're going to do is change you so it's just like okay bless <laughs> as they say my mom says bless <laughs> You're Doing me thriving living surviving you be over there doing you exactly.
0: um, it's so easy to see our similarities I feel and it's yeah. almost harder to pick out differences and like focus on those and and set people apart and so the people that want to spend their energy on that um got be with them <laughs> yep it's fine but uh it's not for us mm-hmm. um and you know I, I think I know what your answer is going to be to this <laughs> um but you know we kind of talked about who you write for and the community mm-hmm. elements but what do you hope people get out of reading Nightmare?
2: I hope they, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I hope they get a chance to not only reflect on the ways that they've moved with their trauma and how they moved with trauma in their relationships, because it affects everybody, right? You know, you think you're just holding it into yourself, but if you're staying quiet with yourself and you're not talking to your partner, (laughs) like that's creating tension within the relationship, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's, I'm hoping that people get a chance to, to sit with their trauma, reflect on their trauma and their relationships and how they can move toward coming together and to heal each other through the situation and, and find some sort of peace, find some inner strength and find their way that they can fight back, They they can change their own narrative. Because I think that we all have that power and that power is amplified when we have community behind us.
0: yeah I just needed to back (laughs) (laughs) um well and nightmare doesn't really end it has (laughs) quite a bit of a cliffhanger um but we just have the one issue right now are you working on issue number two what's coming
2: Ben and I Ben just turn in uh, an amazing page and I'm so excited for it. We also have some variants that are coming through too. So Nightmare Issue 2 is in the works and I want to say a big thank you to everybody who's backed and funded because that's helping us get through Issue 2 in addition to sending out number one. So thank you so much everybody who's shown me love.
0: Yeah, we are recording this on October 13th, and of the $2,000 goal that Nightmare Number One Reloaded has on Kickstarter, go look it up, 17 days to go, not sure when this will come out, but if you still have time, if you don't, just give her money, that's fine, but (laughs) at $4,690, so over twice the goal, how does it feel to get that kind of a response?
2: It feels so so good. It really does. I'm very lucky. The team is so lucky. They're incredibly thankful and and super Super grateful for all the response and report, but they're also telling me because I'm like, and "No, nobody will love me," and they're like, uh, <laughs> it's, "It's good, it's fine, you're fine." So they're just kind of stroking my little Leo ego, um,
0: <laughs> which I think there's like no more quantifiable way to know that people love you as when they give you money because that's get- like a very deep part of love, right? It's like driving you to LAX. Yeah, or like backing your Kickstarter are like pretty yeah. big helping commitments you move. Yeah. helping oh, you yeah. move.
2: very big one. Bringing you food when you're sick. Also oh, another yeah. situation. Yeah. Love, no, no, I'm super grateful. Like to all the people who've backed it. I'm super excited to like we just hit our stretch goals. So I've been making pens and like furiously putting them together. So That's I'm so super awesome. excited for enamel pens for everybody for everyone and once we hit 5,000 we're going to unlock some new variant covers that are super limited edition um so small print runs at that and then 6,000 we've got even bigger goals so I'm super excited I hope we get there but I'm super grateful for where we are right now it's so so wonderful
0: that Does is this... so cool, and I'm sure you're gonna get there
1: I hope so because I really want like those pens and variant covers Does this is <laughs> Like seeing those numbers, does it affirm it maybe, or like, does it squash, is what I meant to say, any maybe doubts that you may have had starting? You know, like, mm-hmm. did you have any fears of like, oh my gosh, is this narrative something that people want? But then now you see it, like, the people do want it, you know, like the people are asking for it.
2: Yeah, it feels actually does. I actually launched Nightmare originally in 2019, and it, did not hit its funding goal and the funding goal I think was Mm -hmm. like 4,000 I think and Mm -hmm. people were really excited about it then but it just I didn't do enough I was just kind of like I'm just gonna see what happens and I didn't (laughs) do any planning um which is not like me at all I was just I was on one after that new year I was like I'm gonna be bold um, (laughs)
0: 2019 let's let's just remember what that was like for all of us. I don't know,
2: I mean, a thousand years ago at this point, okay, I don't even know, dinosaurs still roam the earth, um, I was, I was here, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was here, I, yes, you're right, I was around, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but I think at that point, I got super scared to launch again, because I was like, it's gonna fail again, um, and it's not gonna do well, and since then, I think because I I don't know. I just felt this, this is the right time. And I did a lot of planning research and I talked to a lot of people and it's done well. I feel like 2020 is like some weird twilight zone dimensionscape of outer limits world where, you know, this thing has happened and I'm able to do these things and share it with people and people are having a really great response and I'm okay. It's not just because it's crazy. It's because, you know, between all of the hard work of my team, with me, with the community that I have, um, that we've really done it. So I'm super grateful.
0: And I think that's such a good piece of kind of advice too, for, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are interested in creating their own comics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a lot of people, Kickstarter is the front door to that, right? And so if at first you don't succeed, (laughs) I mean, that's (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard to come back from that and say, we didn't make it the first time. Let's do this again. But look at the success you've had. And sometimes it is about timing. And sometimes it is about that strategy of knowing what to do and how to promote it. Because, you know, we talked about it earlier, there's a lot of stuff on the internet, and a lot of it's really, really good. And so how do you find your audience and find the people that that are your community that want to read this. And it looks like you've really done that. And I'm sure it'll only get bigger and bigger and bigger. We can't wait for number two um, and three and four. And, you know, I hope this (laughs) continues for a long time, Um, but it is a really good, you know, keep going, keep trying, keep working at it and um, success will happen. (laughs) Thank you so much. And it's true. Yeah. Like a lot of
2: times when people start, especially in Indies, it's easy to get discouraged. And I keep saying, or discouraged, not discouraged, that's an word. Uh, but uh, I'm definitely a writer. When you start with community, right? And you build that community and you keep going, like the community will help you even when you feel like you can't do it anymore, like this thing is dumb and you want to give up. Even if you do stop for a little bit, there's nothing wrong with that. You can always pick it up back, like pick it up again. Trying again, you're so right, is so, so important because indies can be hard, it can be difficult.
0: I don't know. Everyone I've talked to has gotten into comics because they're easy to make. You make a ton of money. <laughs> how do, you, how do you, is there a secret that I <laughs> And that's what's so special about this is like people are making comics because they care and because they want to tell these stories and because it's important and because people love it. And so thank you for being part of that community. Thank you for telling the story. Thank you for trying again. We missed it the first time and I'm so glad that we got you this time. Um, (laughs) And thank you so much for being on the show. You know, what else, uh, to kind of end, what else can we be looking for from you in the future? Do you have any other comics going on? You're working on Nightmare 2? Can't wait! Yeah.
2: So Nightmare Two is in production. I've got um, a couple of anthologies that are coming out. Um, some things I can talk about. Some things I can't talk about. You know how it is. Um, but I'm also I do reviews at ComicCon.com where I basically scream from the mountaintops about how cool indies are. So and yeah, yeah, just doing this, writing comics, um, and and trying to give the good stuff to the kids. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome.
0: Oh, you're awesome. (laughs) You are awesome. Uh, And we can't wait for everything to come. Hope to have you back on the show again um, for Undisclosed Future Projects and for more Nightmare. Um, You are amazing. Listeners, you're amazing too. I hope you got all the good vibes that we are putting out today. I'm feeling very good. I'm not an exercise person, but I feel like I could go like running or something. That's how hype I am from all the good vibes. Um, You can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com for articles, videos, and so much more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell us how Melissa is the coolest human that you have ever heard on a podcast. Tell us how excited you are to pick up Nightmare, or if you already read it, how much you love it. Um, please, please share. We want to hear from you. You can also stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. And Tyler's on Let's Play like all the time. He's playing Among Us. Brandon's playing Among Us. Come join. Check it out. The intro is provided by Carlisle Laurent. And you can get this amazing comic, Nightmare, on Kickstarter right now. Drop everything. Go on Kickstarter. Nightmare number one, reloaded. Melissa White. Melissa White. No excuses. Tell us how much you love it. Um, thank you for joining us and come and join the gathering. Have a great week and G G.